Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. And welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman alongside Steve Harmison, looking back at one of the most famous test matches of recent times that has taken place at the Oval. An incredible win for India. Um, It means that they cannot now lose this series 2-1 up with just one to play. Plenty to ponder, plenty to discuss and plenty to marvel at this great game of test cricket. So if you are listening to podcasts, you uh, know by now that uh, England fell short in the end. India winning the fourth test match of five by 157 runs. In the end, it wasn't a new ball spell. It wasn't a Harry Carry by the Indian uh, or rather England batsman. Uh, it was a, a bit of brilliance from Boomerah with the old ball. We got a little bit of reverse uh, and he made best use of it. Jadeja as well, key. As we thought, the two bowlers really that made the difference. Jadeja with the spin and Boomerup with the Rockets. Uh, England at lunch, still in the game, but it was that middle session uh, which did for the hosts. And uh, yeah, really the inquest starts here. Uh, England uh, competed for five days, uh, but in the end, I think the better team won. Uh, England, though, will look back and rue missed opportunities uh, in the field and with the bat, possibly with the ball. Plenty to discuss here on the following on podcast. Story of the day. So, Harmy, cricket, eh? Bloody hell. I mean, what what a game of cricket. I mean, the atmosphere here at the Oval was just exceptional. It's really, it's brilliant broadcasting from the Oval because you do so outside. So, essentially, next to me is the fans. And uh, there was a huge pocket of Indian fans to the right of me. And there was one over... Uh, in front of me as well, which unfolded a huge Indian flag when uh, victory was uh, was assured. But at what point did you know that England were going to lose this test match? What wicket was it that made you think, OK, the best they can possibly hope for now is a draw? Uh, the possibly hope for is a draw was probably... 
was probably the Hamid wicket. Um, oh, really? Because I still yeah, have a I little bit of hope. Were... I actually thought yeah. that Hamid wicket might work for England because he was batting so slowly. I thought Pope coming in, the, the way he plays his cricket, still two right-handers. I just thought this actually, if they can stick together, Pope and Root, for an hour, I thought they could actually get the score up to where England needed it to be. I mean, I was being wildly yeah. optimistic, but... I agree what you're saying, but I thought Hamid played the reverse swinging ball brilliantly. He played it late. He played it with the swing. So when the ball was when the ball was swinging away, he was sort of defended towards cover point. When he was swinging in, he wasn't trying to hit it back straight. He was he was trying to to sort of go with the swing and go into the leg side and go into square leg and riding at the wrist. You know the 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 wrist. You know the the way he the way he defended it. I thought was was perfect. And I thought then it was difficult to come in and start for us, getting off the start. Plus, you say he batted for a long time, he did. And I thought if England could bat round that, get over that yeah. reverse swinging period, then all of a sudden they could cash in because they've got somebody there at the at the crease that was going going nicely. Um, that for me was when that was we might we might be we might get a draw here. If we can get a draw here, we've done well. When Hamid got out. But then when Besto went, it was like, this could be over by tea time. I really thought it could yeah. be over by tea time because I look at England and I don't want to call them soft as in weak because they're not, they're not that. But when you get a fast bowler or a mystery spinner get going, it's very difficult to stem the tide. And we've got some excellent players, but we've got some players who do buckle under pressure. And I think we did that in the middle period. Take nothing away from Jasper Bummer. He was magnificent. That was as good a spell of reverse swing bowling that you will ever see. But I just think this has happened before and it'll happen again with some of the players that we have in this side. We, we are a bit rabbit and headlights. And we don't play situations like this very well. Um, and uh, and Bummer was brilliant. England will regret some missed opportunities. Joe Root spoke of one. You know, they were 220 for six in first innings and uh, 30 ahead, four wickets in hand, two set batsmen, and they did not kick on. Uh, and he said himself as well, you know, his wicket was a, was a crucial crucial moment. We've been asking the question, can England do it when Joe Root doesn't score runs? Well, the answer is still no. Um, and then there's drop catches. You know, Sharma was player of the match. He was dropped on six and on 31. You know, that's... It's those moments, I think, that are going to play replay in Joe Root's head tonight. Yeah, and it's it's all too same old, same old for England. <laughs> when you look at it, it is. It's We have to create 27 chances to win, to take 20 wickets. When you look at it in the grand scheme of things, they've got 40 more runs than they should have gotten on that surface. Not so much on that surface, but the position England were in. And you mentioned there 20, uh, 225 or, or six, wherever it was, with the length and the depth that we've got to get to only get the, to the runs that we were probably 50 runs short of where we should have been. And you that, add that up, 90 runs, between 80 and 100 runs of difference, not being ruthless with the ball, not being ruthless with the bat, 100 runs less, and all of a sudden 260. Not a lot of runs on a surface like that with the way the with the way the ball is. So the way the ball was for a seamer. So I think all in all, England and Rue, it's been a fantastic test match. Take nothing away. You know, talk about the the buckling under pressure. These guys of India, 
the player every game, whether it's for Rajasthan or RCB or KKR or, or Mumbai, whoever, all their games, red ball, white ball, are playing under immense pressure. And I think that's a challenge. Getting a game to go five days, depth of the game going into the last session or the middle session of the fifth day, then the team that copes with the pressure or the players that are used to playing under pressure are the ones that will come out on top because what happens when you're mentally fatigued or there's there's any sort of you know mental frailty that comes with being tired over a long period of time, four test matches and five games, the teams that play well and skill sets are better under pressure will win. And that's what happened with India. India just were better coping with the pressure than the situation than, than England were. And that's, for me, they've been the top and bottom of, of this series so far, but we've got an, a big game in Manchester, but in this game, England will probably rue more than anything else. The chance to go 2-1 up, because like I said before, we weren't ruthless with the ball first innings. We weren't ruthless with a bat second innings. And we allowed India back into the game. The thing is, uh, we've just spoken on the, our YouTube show and you wax lyrical about that Jasper Boomerah spell. So it was hot back to the glory days of not Indian cricket, Pakistani cricket, Waka, Wazin. Um, so it was, it, it took something special, didn't it? I mean, it's not just about pressure. It's about high quality skill late in the day, just when you, you, your team needs it. And, and Boomerah delivered. It is, and he did deliver, and he bowled beautifully. And you mentioned the Pakistan. That was me growing up watching that 95 series when Wazim and Wakar had England written the 110 for one and all out for 180. It was, it was magnificent reverse swing. But if England are, if England are ruthless, then you had 360 is a lot of runs to chase. And that's what I mean, the mental pressure. You know, that was the first time, really, the ball started reverse swinging in five days. First time. And that, uh, when if you're, you're 110 for one and the ball starts reverse swinging, needing 160 to go, mindset is in a completely different place. And like I said before, that's why the Hamid wicket was so crucial because he was playing well, he was going well. And you, know, you, you get over that. It's like the openers going in, getting on a new ball, period. The man that's in against the reverse swinging ball plays a hell of a lot better than the man that's not in. And when the man that's not in has they have form for not being able to, to withstand or handle the pressure of the, the tight situation or the tough situation, then all of a sudden, you know, you get to where England got to probably 45 minutes after Jasper Bummer took his first over in that middle session. There was a really interesting passage um, in the press conference, one of the ones between Rob Key on Sky Sports and Chris Silverwood. And he asked two very clever, well, don't get clever, but they're very interesting questions. He said, do you regret not picking Mark Wood for this test match? And Chris Silverwood said he didn't. He said he doesn't think Mark Wood would have made any difference. And he said the reasons that he picked the team, the bowling unit that they did were because I thought the height of the bowler, uh, you know, the, the, the conditions on day one, yada, yada, yada. Rob Key followed it up with a question, why did India get reverse swing in second innings when England bowled for 140 overs and didn't get any. And Chris Silverwood said, I don't know. Do you know? That worries me, actually. It really concerns me. And I don't want to stick the boot in the, to spoons too much, but if he doesn't realise that 
a fast bowler in any team makes a difference. A fast, fast bowler, a 90-mile-an-hour bowler in any team make a difference. You've seen the way you know, Mark Wood got wickets up at, I think it was Trent Bridge, when he got, did he get Sharma out of nowhere or Pajara out of nowhere? You know, this is this is what happens. You know, if you get a reverse swinging ball, you know, we talk about reverse swing. It's it's not all about ninety mile an hour, but but it helps. Boy, does it help if you've got a bowler that can bowl ninety mile an hour, as opposed to a bowler bowling eighty mile an hour. There's more chance of it reverse swinging big because of the velocity that's on the ball. In my my opinion, and not as a coach's opinion, but. The actual why they didn't get reverse swing, and he said, I, if he said, I don't know, that would concern me as well because sat here and banged on like I normally do about not, you know, bowling changes and what's going on. Yesterday afternoon, Jimmy Anderson and Ollie Robinson, even though Joe Root's thinking, right, Moen's gone at five and over, you can pack one side, and I know India play spin very well, but. Craig Overton sat with his finger up his backside for majority of yesterday. So did Mo and Ali. And the reason why Crystal Wood, the ball reverse swung, is because JJ chucked the ball into an area where it was rough, where it was footmarks. Now, if Mo and Ali can do that for 10 overs yesterday, all of a sudden you might get the ball to reverse swing. Where's the? We talk about all these lush outfields. We talk about... You know, the, the, the great outfields now from a drainage point of view, and they're lush. So we're not getting reverse swing by just banging into the dirt, throwing it into the ground like we used to when, when in back in my day, like we usually said. And there's no real pitches to throw it into. Well, day four and day five, when people have been run up and down on it, there are, there are huge footmarks you're actually bowling into. And I think just a little bit of that would have gotten the ball to deteriorate. But if you've not got a 90-mile-an-hour bowler, didn't see Shadal Thakur reverse-swinging it that much. Didn't see Umesh Yadav reverse-swinging it that much. But, boy, did Bumrah look dangerous. Boy, did he look dangerous. So, I think saying by saying Mark Wood wouldn't have made a difference on that surface. And he's picking our team. Wow. I'm a bit concerned on that. You're polite, politefully uh, disagree. Uh, so what changes do England do? Because they gambled here, didn't they? They knew that it was too much to ask Anderson to go back to back to back. They knew it was too much to ask Robinson to do the same thing, to bring in Wokes who haven't played for a year. Overton didn't really bowl that much this test match. He might take the, no, he won't take the new ball. But I mean, it's last man standing, isn't it? I mean, Wood will come in. Yeah. Apart from that, I can't quite work it out. Anderson will play because... It's Old Trafford and it's Anderson, but I'm not sure he should do. Apart from Robinson, mate, will they wheel him out again? I mean, Wokes, can his body handle two tests in 10 days? He said, well, 13 days after he hasn't played for a year. And then, of course, that problem with Ali isn't going to go away. What do they do? No, it worries me a little bit where where we go, because Joe didn't want to bowl Moen. Um, over only bowled 16 overs at the, t- at the time when India were still in the vulnerable, we, how many do we need to to make to win this game? Overton didn't bowl that much. I think he bowled 16 overs. At one time, Overton had bowled 16 overs and Anderson had bowled 32. And he kept going back to him. This is why. And when I said in between test matches, I'd leave Jimmy Anderson out. And when I said in between test matches, I think it could be Jimmy Anderson's last test match at Manchester. I would seriously consider it. It's not because I want that to happen. 
I don't want to leave Jimmy Anderson out. He's the greatest bowler of all time, and I'd pick him in every game that he said I can play in. But you're asking a 39-year-old to go and bowl in three test matches in three weeks after playing two in two weeks with a little bit of a break in between. I just think that's a big ask. I think you're asking too much of our great of our greatest cricketer, one of our greatest sportsmen. I think that's a, just a bit too much to ask him to go again. He'll perform. I can guarantee you he'll run up and he'll get himself in a position to perform. But again, do we 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 are expecting you ask Jimmy to keep going on day five of the last test match of the summer when he gets to Manchester. And Manchester's harder underfoot than anywhere else in the country. Manchester and Trent Bridge, the surf, the the wicket is a lot harder on the foot on the footholds. And when you're landing it, it, there's a lot more jarring going on. You know, two, two, two grounds where you normally get more reverse swing because they're a more abrasive surface. Anderson, Robinson, which one misses out? Because you'd think one of them has to because of the volume of overs at the bowl so far, 160 plus each, would definitely play. England might not have no option of trying to play on something that's going to turn and bring Leach into it because Saki Mahmood's injured. Craig Overton might be injured because we don't know with the, with the elbow problem. And then that's the bowling department. I personally leave Josh Butler out the side. I still don't think he comes back into the side. That's Steve Harmison's opinion. Johnny Bairstow, for me, I think he did good. You know, I, I, I still think he would. He stays in the side and Ollie Pope got runs in the first innings. I think we're a stronger unit as we are at this moment in time. But I think England will think differently. And it wouldn't surprise me if Bairstow's not playing. Butler plays. Wood comes in possibly for Overton. And you might have to go with the same bowling unit, a very, very tired bowling unit. And are we that demoralised now? Because let's 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 remember, we were in a we were in a sad case of affairs leaving Lords and we turned it round at Headley, but largely down to a mistake, not not just a mistake at the toss. But the Indian batsmen give the initiative back to England by the way they played at Henley. Don't think that's going to happen again. I don't think England can be that lucky again. No, I agree. I agree. Um, but in and amongst that, we have just witnessed a, a, a cracking test match, haven't we? Played out in front of a full house. Five days of, of completely sold out uh, oval. Um, it's been nip and tuck. Both teams have been ahead at different times. Um, and there's been some individual brilliance as well. That century from Rohit Sharma, the spell of bowling from Jasprit Bumrah, Chris Wokes on his return to the side as well. You know, we should make mention Ollie of Pope. Uh, Ollie Pope looked. You know, there was some there was some real quality out there, and I'm just pleased we got another test. Yeah, I'm not sure the, the bowlers are pleased on both sides of the test three in three weeks, but. Again, you know, I was there for the first three days. It was it was a brilliant, brilliant occasion. The Oval looked absolutely magnificent. The new stand at the Oval just finishes it off you know, nice. The atmosphere was first class. Sellout on day five when we haven't had crowds for so long. I think the Oval deserved that. You know, the Kia Oval and everybody that's connected to the Oval have put a fantastic test match on. Um, and two sides went head-to-head -head, uh, and toe-to-toe -to -toe right till the end of the end of the test match, test match uh, five days. And I think in, in India's terms, I think that's up there, but as good a test match, they'll win away from home um, in, a, in a while. They won a couple of good ones in, in Australia. Um, but I think we'll be talking about this one from India. will be talking about this one 
for 10, 20 years to come. Remember 2021 at the Oval when we beat England on the last day. I still think that will go down in folklore. And congratulations to both sides because both sides played the part in a, in a magnificent five days. Yeah. Yeah, well said. I mean, I know I'll be talking about this test match for many years to come. Uh, it's been a, it's been a phenomenal effort. So, um, so here we go then. Well, look, it's uh, it's not over. There is still one test to play. Uh, it's no disgrace losing to this great Indian side. Uh, and the following on podcast will be back. First up, though, Cricket Collective, you and Neil Manthorpe. Manth- Manners has been in quarantine for the best part of two weeks. He's been watching some cricket and commentating for the host broadcaster out in Sri Lanka. So I'm sure he'll have a tale or two. Ask him about his. Um, ridiculous um, exercise routine, which essentially sees him walk, stroke, run 10 kilometres inside a room. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that would be broadcast on TalkSport 2 and released as a podcast. But it would also be a preview to that fifth test as well. Join us over on YouTube as well. Uh, myself and Steve Harmison on the, uh, the 7 for 12 uh, channel. But Harmy, uh, thanks for all your work over the last, last five days. It's been an absolute pleasure and a privilege and we actually got to do a couple of shows alongside each other which made for a rare change um but yeah we'll be back um at old traffic make sure you join it life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs united healthcare can help get you covered with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans they supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan.
With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 